Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. And so to, this morning's message is called The Power of Being as One. And, um, you know, sometimes you read through God's Word and you're, a verse will find its way into the forefront. It's like, I'm just going to read his word. You search scripture. You have a need. Let's say you have a need, something to do with maybe you're afraid or you're, 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 you're fearful. So you, do a, you go to the back of your Bible, don't you? And you go to the, the topical index and you look for fear. <laughs> Come on, that's how, we all, that's how we all started and we all should really continue. We go to the back and we say, where can I find out what the word says about fear? You find the word that relates to the need that you have, don't you? So if you're afraid and you need reassurance, you go and you find the passage If you're weak and weary and you need strength, you go to the back of the book and you find the passage. Um, If you need to know how to draw closer to the Lord, you go to his word, you find the passages, whatever the case may be. And I'm thinking this week on today, I'm thinking, here comes Pentecost Sunday. Lord, what, what is the message for Pentecost Sunday? And it's always the temptation to look back and see what you did on last Pentecost Sunday <laughs> or the time before that. And it's like, no, that can't be the way. And I knew it wasn't the way. He says, no, I want, this is what you do. So go, go and do what I told you to do and go and read the book of Acts. So go there, read over Acts in a general sort of way. Always the best place to go to, if about, to learn about the Holy Spirit, the book of Acts, isn't it? And then... I get to Acts chapter 2, verse 1, and it was like, that was that verse that just went, boom, that's it. Stop the bus. This is what the message is. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. So, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, it was sun up on the day of Pentecost, the feast of the Passover, all of the people from surrounding areas would have come there. There was going to be a big, big gathering, a big festivity. Isn't God's timing impeccable? He, he just knows the right time to release his Holy Spirit. They were all with one accord in one place. That was the verse that got me and said, that's the message. But we'll read to verse 4. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So verse 1 of Acts chapter 2 it describes the prerequisite things that were conditions that had to happen for what followed. So what followed? The, in, the, the empowerment, the Holy Spirit coming down. So what were the prerequisite conditions? They were all in one accord, in unity. They were of the same mind, they were of the same spirit, and they were as one. 
That was, that, was the, the fir- that was one of the prerequisites for the arrival of the Holy Spirit. Here's the next one. And this is, this is going to be, I believe, this is going to be crucial to the, to the power of the church in, in, in the days ahead. They were all in one place. They were in the same place. They were in the same building. They were in the same room. And as much as I, my, my, I understand and I understand um, the decentralization of the church and digital touch and everything else, I cannot get away from the fact that they were all in one place. They were all in one place. And what followed on from that was the power that came down from on high. They were endued with power. They sank the Holy Spirit came down and they just like were absorbed into this powerful Holy Spirit experience that they had. Amen. Here's another thing. What were they doing on the run up to being in one accord in one place? They were required to do something else and that was to wait patiently But you know what's even more important than that? And we're all going to leave here this morning, I believe, with something gnawing away at us. And I think I know what it's going to be. We'll take a straw poll at the end of the service. But there was one other thing that they had to do. They had to wait. What were they doing while they were waiting? Praying. They had to wait patiently in prayer and be unified in their expectation You know, here's all these people, 120, with the same expectation of what's going to happen. Can you imagine what's going to happen the day we all arrive in church and we all expect none of us to leave here without our lives being totally changed? Where, you know what, it might even be ugly crying and stuff, and you'll be on your knees and, and, and you, know, you know, you're going to look a mess. Don't wear your makeup to church. But, there's good, but you know what? The, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit, you don't, you don't, don't wear, don't, you don't have to do anything. The, 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 the presence of the Holy Spirit in you, it's like you'll glow. Well, they had tongues of fire on their head, but it's just, it's going to, it's transforming. Amen. And so they all believed that something was about to happen, but they didn't know what was going to happen. And I have to hold my hand up and say, I don't know what's going to happen. I know God knows what's going to happen, but he tells us to be expectant. Something is going to happen. We know some stuff. It's like Pauline said this morning, you know, your young men shall shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. I hope I got that the right way around. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. So in the end times, in the latter days, all these things are going to happen. What, What is going to be prophesied, we don't know. What the dreams and visions are, but they will shape the church and bring us into one. If any, if anything works against bringing us into one, it's not of God, I don't believe. It has to all bring us into one. Amen. So they had to wait. And waiting is something that we don't like doing. Amen. 
You know, but this is a genuine truth. We can lose more time trying to be constantly occupied with what we have to do instead of waiting devoutly with our hands folded. Because if we do the waiting, the devout waiting, then our hearts will be wide open to receive the power which will give the work our hands need to do. We've just got it the wrong way around. We want to just do, 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 but actually if we do the more waiting, then the doing is more effective. He gives us, what, he gives us into our hands what we must do after we have waited, but we just want to do something. And I, I, you know, I was like that for years. I just find the very next thing to do and whether or not it's and it, usually something practical. Clean this, rearrange that, reorganize this. I had a reputation for being a great organizer. Now it's terrible. It's, you know, it's so, you know. So we just got things around the back to front a wee bit. I want to ask you a question. Do you think the power of God would be more manifest in church today if we were all in one accord and in the same place? Amen. Now, we have to understand that Christians all around the globe can't be in the same place at one time, can they? But on a local level, can we be? Yeah. Christians in a local area can be together in the same place. And that is the power of the, of the local body. That's the strength of the local church. Amen. And so if we, if we start putting these things into, into um, if we start waiting and praying and expecting, then, you know, I believe we could see a revival happening. Amen. And sometimes we think that you know, revival, your revival's going to be great because everyone's going to be together and everyone's just going to love each other. They th sometimes we think revival is going to produce the unity that we need, but the unity is going to have to come before the revival. We think the revival is going to just make everything better and all Christianity and all Christendom is just going to come together and it's going to be a great harvest. But actually, I don't believe that. I think unity will be required. It will be, it will be integral to revival to, have, to be as one. Amen? And it makes sense that for us to come together as one, for unity to happen, we need to get over the barrier that separates Christians and that separates churches. What is that? Lack of love. In a nutshell. Amen? Lack of love. You know, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Not for God so loved the world that he sent a committee. You know? He, he, you know, we, we get, it's committees and bodies and, and, and organizations, and, but God sent the one and only Jesus Christ. Amen. And then the disciples, they caught that flame of compassion from Jesus. The compassion that Jesus had for souls became their driving force. Um, there's an author, a, a guy, a preacher, and an author called Francis Frangipani. And he said in one of, in one of his books that I have, he, he makes this comment, it's to our shame that the, 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 the devil desires people's souls more than the church does. 
to our shame that the devil desires people's souls more than the church does. Amen. So anyhow, back to the, this, this group of waiting people. They had set an atmosphere. Their, their expectancy and their waiting had set an atmosphere. And because of that, the Holy Spirit had a direct route to them that day. It was like nothing else had gotten in the way. The communication of the Holy Spirit was very direct. Amen? The other amazing thing that happened was that and you, if, you, if you read through the Gospels, you'll find this all over the place. But it was a key factor. All the striving that previously existed between the disciples and people, it was all gone. It, whilst they were with Jesus, do you remember them jostling for position and arguing? Before the Holy Spirit came, that was gone. There was none of that. All of that stuff had gone away. How did that happen? Well, while they were waiting, they prayed together more than they'd ever done before. They prayed more together. Amen? In the past, we can look, they'd, gr they'd, they'd grow weary of praying, but now they're all waiting together, praying together, the Bible doesn't say they got weary. They just kept on going until it was time. Amen? So something changed all of that because all of a sudden they remember the promise that Jesus made to them. I'm not going to leave you on your own. I'm going to send you a helper from on high and he's going to give you the power to work and do what I need, need you to do. He'll be your helper, your comforter, all of this. Amen. So as soon as they got this common vision of, do you know what? We are waiting for this. We're waiting for the helper. Everything else disappeared. Do you know, prayer produces intimacy. Amen. Prayer will deal with much of the misalignment that we see in the church today. I guarantee you, the longer you, you can, you can be like, you know, I don't even like, I don't even like that guy. And like you come and you pray, come to morning prayer. Whenever there's a chance, pray with someone. Guarantee you, all of that is going to disappear. I don't, I don't like, I don't this. Pray together, that will all go in the bin. Prayer produces intimacy. Prayer, praying with one another restores relationships and brings strength. And that's why we need to come together. It's when we sit together and pray that things, are, things become strong. Amen? All the pride they had was gone. Amen? They gave strife. What happens when we give strife a place? When we give strife a place, the devil comes in the curse of the devil comes in. Don't give him any place. Give the devil no place. Because what does he introduce? Division and strife. Strife and division. Isn't that right? So everything was being changed. They, were, they, they, they Also, their character was being changed. They were persevering more than ever before. So if you feel ready this morning to give up, keep on going. Go, go again. We prayed this morning in the green room for something new 
I believe you're going to leave here today. We're all going to leave here with a new commitment with a, to, to go again, to persevere. Amen. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 4, verse 32 says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. So they'd been, they'd been anointed, filled with the Holy Spirit. What do you see the results of that? With great power, they witnessed. And great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them. And they brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. And they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, translated son of encouragement, he was a Levite of the country of Cyprus. Having land, he sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Amen. So, you know, you see all of these people beginning to put their differences aside, all their sentiments, all their different interests, suddenly, divinely, all of it comes into alignment. Amen? And there were, and you know, even though if, if you actually read in, uh, where is it? Um, I think it's also in Corinthians. It's, there is, we're one body with many parts. There's diverse there is diversity in the body of Christ, but it, it, at our core, we're one mind, one soul, and one body. Amen? And so we put certain things aside so that we can dwell together in unity, because the Bible says that when we dwell together in unity, there God commands his blessing. Isn't that right? So what happens, what has happened over the centuries is that debating over differences has taken the place of desiring more of God. So there's more debating, there's more arguing, and less desiring God. So see if we could stop debating and just purely and simply come and desire God. When we're led in worship, just to come and to desire God. And forget about the person to your left or your right, in front or behind you. And just lift your hands up and do something that you... It, have the faith to know that when you, when you surrender, God is going to do something. Sometimes we might be afraid of what he's going to do. Maybe that's why we don't let go. We don't know what will people think if I let go. And I think that that's a stumbling block that if we get over, we'll see his glory in church. We'll see his glory in church, amen? And so the early church in Acts are all caught up in this desire to be like Christ and to follow the way, his way, eh? And we think, oh, do you know what? That was easy, easy for them because they were the early church. There was no denominations, no factions, no schisms, all of that kind of stuff. But you see, those were things that would come. These would all come. In due time, if you leave people to things, 
We'll, we'll complicate things. <laughs> We're great at complicating things, you know? But you can see how getting back to oneness will keep Jesus at the center of it all. One around Christ. He's at the center of everything. Amen? And so today's message is about being in one accord in one place. Amen? And they were under, they knew that they were under sovereign leadership. They knew that they were Christ's and that the Holy Spirit was there to lead them and guide them. And we look, you know, so often we think leadership gets a bad name. Sovereignty gets a bad name. You know, if you think about, you know, our, you know, our monarch, the queen, you know, some things that are sovereign get very maligned and castigated and criticized. You know, if you look at the, the methods we see practiced by our earthly government, like the House of Commons, you know, they might all be in one place, but they're definitely not in one accord. The House of Commons, I know people in America that watch that for entertainment. <laughs> they do. I'm, I'm not, that's honest. I know people that watch the, watch the Daily Commons because it's so British and it's so, whoa, it's so turbulent. And, and you know, but there's, you know, and I, and I get that someone might say, well, there must be accountability. There must be fairness and justice, weights and measures. One side keeps the other side accountable. One takes the other to task in the event of poor management or failing leadership. I get, I get all that. But unless there's something sovereign over a land, unless there's something sovereign over your life, ruin is going to come. And that is what's coming. That is what the world is marching towards, ruin. Yeah? The further away our, our earthly governments move from the principles of God's word, the worse life will become for the citizens of this world. Amen. And we all take great pride in our democracy, but our future doesn't lie in democracy. Prophecy will unfold, and in due time, a one world order government will take the place of the democracy that we enjoy. This will be for a time only, praise God. <laughs> because after that, what's coming? A theocracy. Amen. God's kingdom will be established. He'll be king over all. He'll be sovereign. And we can only prosper, the world can only prosper under good rulership or kingship. And, you know, spiritually it means to submit and to yield and to surrender to someone sovereign in your life. Who is that for us, church? It's Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Proverbs says that when the righteous, um, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. Amen. So closing this service today, this is actually segued right into a parable, would you believe, to close the service. And so isn't that amazing? Mark chapter 3, verse 20. Mark chapter 3, verse 20. A house divided cannot stand. Then the multitude came together again so that they could not so much as eat bread. 
I, th I found that amazing. You don't even get time to have a meal. There's just the business of ministry, ministering to people so much so that they couldn't even, they couldn't even get something to eat. But when his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him and said, he's out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebub, and by the ruler of demons, he casts out demons. So he called them to himself, there's Jesus again, calling people to himself, and said to them in parables, how can Satan cast out Satan? How can Satan cast out Satan? You know, God's, the doctrine, God's word has a, has a tendency to break the bondage of evil. In fact, it's pretty much, if you use it in the correct way, full of faith, it will. Do you believe that? If a kingdom, verse 24, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom can't stand. And if a house do you know, if you look at the meaning of that, it means a family. If a house or a family is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. So what, what it means being divided is when their contention and discord get to the level that it overtakes everything, whatever has flourished, whatever was nice once upon a time, when that stuff rises up, it'll be brought down to, it'll be broken and cut into pieces. Divided actually mean to portion off and cut it into pieces. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but has an end. So no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house. Amen. A house divided cannot stand. I just wanted to read that parable there just to reinforce the message today that unity and oneness is going to be the most important thing that we can have because everything will come out of that unity. God's blessing will, 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 will be upon every family and every house that is unit, in unity. And I think that there, there, there will be reparations and restorations and family will come together again. I'm talking not only spiritual family, I'm talking about blood family coming together again. The house of the Lord will come together again. Churches must come together again. So this has to, this cutting into pieces, there'll be a, re, a rejoining of people. Amen? And maybe if we all, before we stood together, maybe if we all knelt together first, and if we all prayed together, then we would be joined together. And it's just as, it sounds so easy, doesn't it? Well, it's only, it's, it's as easy as deciding to be with people, to be, to pray together, to come to corporate prayer, to be praying within your local areas together. You know, as Christians, not everything is directive from the pulpit. You're a Christian. You can call your mate and say, I'm going to see you down the park. Let's have a, 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 a prayer walk for, for half an hour. We can do all these things in our local community. 
It's not, doesn't have to be directive from here. You can do this. This is what we, this is who we are supposed to be. Amen. I was glad when they said to me, and but I want to say before closing, this isn't a message of condemnation to say that if someone is not here, then they're bad or wrong. It's not. What I'm saying is, can we turn our mind back to, the, to that, what, that happening before the Holy Spirit came? One accord, one place. Psalm 122, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together, where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For thrones are set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. So pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls and within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren, I will now say peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek your good. Because of the house of the Lord, because of the house, because of this, this place, I will seek your good. So much is because of the household of faith our being together. So much is be happens because of that. So I want to encourage you with that message this morning. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.